Hi, this is Kimberly. Please enjoy our podcast, but remember our doctors are only here to educate, not diagnose. If you have any questions or need any further information, please email me. My email address is kim at mfwellness.org. Okay, we have three or four podcasts a year that we talk about and we just get super, super excited and this is one of them. Well, we've been arguing about uh, bears and bear facts and bear this and bear that for years and I was like, we gotta get like the guy, we gotta get the, a, a department of conservation guy. And we got a guy. <laughs> and so Dan was wandering around outside and Kim trapped him, I guess, and so now he's here. So with a bear trap. We do, so we have, <laughs> so we have, we have um, Dan Zarlenga with the Missouri Department of Conservation is here and um, you know, I was explaining to him, we have a really active practice. All of our patients are running around in the woods or they're out having fun. And um, we've talked at length about the Missouri conservation model, the North American conservation model, how much I enjoy it. And um, what we're going to do, uh, Dan, we're going to ask you some questions about bears. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it's going to be great. These are questions where we got them from mostly our patients. We have a special bonus question from Marissa at the end, which is wonderful. Uh, but before we get to those, tell us about yourself. Sure. Well, so I'm Dan Zarlinga. I'm the regional media specialist for the St. Louis region for Department of Conservation. I've been with the agency for 25 years, so I'm a long time. Oh, that's awesome. And um, I've not been in this job. I've been in this job for about 13. So uh, my background actually is not in conservation so much. Though so I my background is radio, TV, film production. Oh, that's and, awesome! And so I started out in radio, worked in there for a number of. You years. got a radio voice, man. <laughs> you got like a like a. <laughs> Who else has pipes like that the, uh, for the Cardinals? Danny Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. when he retires, I'm going to go Oh, yeah. So, you yeah. know, that, that'll be my next career move, maybe. But so, anyway, I, I actually got into my very first job with it. I mean, I've always enjoyed, you know, hiking and camping and stuff yeah. and, and now backpacking and paddling. But um, so I got into the agency because I was in radio production, I had an audio production background. Right. And when I started in 96, they had an audio production specialist position out of Jefferson City. Oh, cool. Which worked with the video unit and do you know, a lot of stuff for audio and stuff. So I had the good fortune of getting hired to that job. That's and, awesome. Uh, so that's kind of where I started. Like ground floor. Yeah. Yeah. So then eventually this job, I'm originally from the St. Louis area, so I, oh, okay. I moved to Jefferson City for that job. We're, we're required to know where you went to high school. Oh, McClure High School. McClure. Okay. Yes. Great. All right. Thank Florissant. you. But then when this job, everybody make your silent judgments, yes, depending on what you know right. about high schools. I'm yes. from Ohio, so oh, okay. You're <laughs> unbiased. Yeah, you're unbiased. Dr. Brad doesn't care where you went. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. But, I'm sorry. Uh, it's a St. Louis thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, you'll keep doing this forever. Yeah, yeah. When you're 90 years old, what yeah. high school? Did the you people would have would have people would have come in like, why didn't you ask him where he went to high school? He's from I'm like, you're right. I'm sorry. So now we know. Okay. <laughs> All right, got that out of the way. So, um, but anyway, so that's and then this job came open. Uh, and then I ended up getting it and coming back to St. Louis. So a little bit different job where I work with media and uh, public relations, that sort of thing. That's awesome, man. Do you, is it a lot of um, answering pretty common questions all the time from people? Or is it um, more like, uh, you know, you have publications you try to get out regularly? And follow up to that, are you related to that absolutely incredible monthly magazine? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Oh, Missouri Conservationist. That oh, is that what I'm referring to? Yeah. Missouri Conservationist? I seriously, I whenever I go see my dad in Ohio... 
I take a stack. Or however many months it's been since I've been there, I, I take a stack for him. He, oh, he loves so it as well. Cute. It's yeah. awesome. And the Explorer. Yeah, we have a kids yeah, version. I think yeah. we get the kids Explorer. one too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're proud of that, and and uh, we get you a lot of positive awesome. feedback. The conservationist has been in publication for over eighty years. You yeah. know, doesn't look the same now that it did eighty years right. ago, but <laughs> right. You know, it's been in publication. Explorer's been around for about ten or ten or eleven. Yeah, we so we get a copies here. They're never in the waiting room for more than five minutes. And like, well, you, there goes this month. It's the best there is. Of course, okay. naturally, <laughs> it's got to be. Yeah, it, it, it's. I mean, I do think it's really good. I don't print it myself, so I can say that right. sort of enough. But uh, I mean, there's a lot of great state uh, magazines sure. and stuff that, that do a great job too. But I mean, um, you know, it's very I, nice of you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but ours we is have really no good. such <laughs> responsibility. Like it's trash. Yeah, <laughs> we love it. Yeah. So you know, and it's good. It's a good tool to inform folks. But we're you know we're branching out from the magazine. Then mm-hmm. we got a website, of course, and. We're do, we do some videos for, you know, and we do social media and all that kind of stuff. Try awesome. to reach as many people as we can. So yeah. One of the really positive things, you know, social media really has its ups and downs. But yeah. for our standpoint, in the times that we've turned people on to conservation or we've talked to them or, you know, they're just getting into being more active or doing this or that. We're like, well, have you tried hiking? You tried to go to the trail? Well, I don't really know where. And now you just grab your phone. You can have them out on a trail. You can have them at Bush. You can have them. We have an app, of it's course. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that you can you can download a free app for Android or iOS and find trails for hiking, fishing, hunting, whatever you want. So that's that's pretty cool. So Fantastic. we're trying to get into that too. And but yeah, and, and and as you guys probably know, and I'm sure you tell your patients a lot. I mean, there's a lot of therapeutic value just to being outside. There and, absolutely and, is. You, you know, know, even if you're hiking or just sitting out in nature, you know, just walking around outside. There's linear, definable, traceable, reproducible. Results. Rest while trying to hunt in a stand, you know. I, uh, I yeah, so much Dr. Fagan. Yeah, people are like, oh, you always you always hunt with your brother. I'm like, well, yeah, he falls asleep immediately. So we've all, you know, we got our safety harnesses on and everything. Yeah, but hopefully, like, yes, yeah, please. No, do. yeah, we're absolutely it's super, super safe. But uh, we. We do a two-man stand because only one man's awake. And he's like, bro, wake up and shoot the thing that's crossing. And I wake up and there's like... Like, bro, deer, deer, deer. He's like, yes, yes. And so Dr. Fink can make 200-yard shots 10 seconds out of a neck. Oh, that's amazing. He he has his very first deer, Mm -hmm. 203 yards, and he was asleep 10 seconds before that. Oh, wow. Wake up, big deer, he just wakes up, turns, okay. I'm on it, okay. Oomph. Wow. Anyway, Does he aim it or do you like aim it for him? No, I know. I, I, I'm, the, yeah, I'm the looker. So I look around. I'm like, okay, here comes three. You know, you know, we're really specific. You know, we want to make sure that our doe and buck ratios stay good. We want healthy herds and, and stuff like that. So we don't just, you know, take everything that comes out. So because those are, you know, those deer that feed out onto our place, they they live probably at Quiver or they're coming out. And so oh yeah, they're all. It's all. It's fluid. all over the place. It's all yeah. fluid. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I could probably explain it better, but it, as far as the news goes, through this summer, I mean, mm-hmm. there's been, you know, it's like every other, maybe every week, right. there's a sighting, someone has it on their ring camera, the bear went through the yard, and now it used to be, we used to think anyway that it was more southern Missouri, mm-hmm. but now we're up here in the St. Louis area, and these sightings are happening more and more, right. so I, I think that's a big reason, we've been talking about bears for a right. long time, but now it's like... Okay, people are like, okay, they're in my backyard. backyard. Yeah, now they're a real thing. They're real now, they're not abstract anymore. 
Right. Can you just give the people some background information on black bears? Maybe how they differentiate from the other bears that we're, we're absolutely not seeing here. Right. So, so the, the scary ones. Right. So the only, yeah, the only bear we're going to see here in Missouri, unless somebody brings some in yeah. from somewhere else, is the American black bear. Right. That's the only species. And that's a have. good thing. Yeah, and that's a good thing because they're not people eaters. Right. That's <laughs> you know, right. like some some bears might be in other places, like grizzlies and whatnot. So, Absolutely. No, so they're not. Uh, that's not to say you shouldn't give them respect and, and all that. I mean, any animal can be dangerous under those certain situations. But generally speaking, bears don't go after people. A black bears don't, and that's what we have here. Now, they can occur in slightly different color phases. So sometimes they look brown or cinnamon, and people think, oh, we got brown bears here. Mm -hmm. No, still American black bears. They're just going through a color phase where they look brown. So, oh, okay. So they're all, all the same species. They do that seasonally? Is it like a fur thing? You know, Yeah, I think it's probably seasonally related and okay. age related. So there's a couple different factors. Our bear biologists probably give you a little bit more in depth about that. But just to know that we do have some bears that kind of can vary in color a little bit, but they're all the same species. Okay. So, just a quick bit of history. I mean, bears were indigenous to, I mean, right. in Missouri, they were very, you know, uh, high population of them historically uh, until people came along and they, we'll and we talk about, the, and they, we talk about the North American model of conservation. Yes, well, that didn't exist right. before the 20th century. So, there was no regulation to hunting. There was no idea of how you should manage species or how... Things aren't going to last forever if you just hunt them or destroy their habitat. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what happened to bears. You know, they got overhunted. They got over their habitat. Habitat, excuse me, was destroyed. Like in the Ozarks, where they did all the logging. You have to supply the railroads for ties. Our population of bears in Missouri by the early 20th century had really plummeted. Yeah, we suspected at the time they were what's called extirpated, which yes, means right. gone from the state. Since then, we've revised that. They may not have been totally gone, but they were very, very, very rare. Right. And then in the late 1950s, the state of Arkansas decided they wanted to reintroduce bears. So they trapped bears in Manitoba, mm -hmm. uh, brought them to Arkansas, released them to northern Well, Wow, all the way Arkansas. from Manitoba. Yeah, I guess that was the closest population of bears they felt were, were similar. Enough of them. Yeah, there were enough of them and all that. That's cool. Yeah, so they released them. And uh, they went Canadian forth and bears. Yeah, Canadian bears went forth and multiplied. That's fantastic. <laughs> and man. so they, uh, they of course, took off for St. Louis. They did, man. <laughs> yeah, they're going north again. Yeah. So, but anyway, so they reproduced and they did well. And they, of course, don't see state lines. So they yeah. eventually crossed into Missouri as, as an expansion. And then over the last, you know, several decades, our bear populations, have, we've started to see them again. Right. Start off, you know, more gradually in the extreme southern parts of the state. But as the bears have grown and uh, expanded, we're seeing them more and more and more. Yeah. And we're reaching, I guess, for lack of a better term, like a critical mass right now to where they're starting to be seen a lot more. Right. And they're expanding definitely into the St. Louis area because there's a corridor, a favorable corridor for migration for them. Like along I forty four. I was going to ask. That's right. That seems like that because it, you just you're talking Oklahoma City to St. Louis, right? And you're going to bisect six or seven major conservation areas where there would be lots of Mark Twain National Forest, absolutely Merrimack River corridor. So yeah, man. A lot of different things that they're uh, are drawing them towards the St. Louis area. So we're definitely on their you know expansion route. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned all the sightings in the last year, and you're absolutely right. I mean, we've been getting sightings for the last several years here or there. Occasional one will hit the news, be big deal. Right. But, you know, this last year, it's just been an exponential jump. Now, this is not data-driven. This is just empirical from what mm -hmm. we've been right. seeing. But it's just been an exponential jump in bear reports, 
if you've been following the news, you've seen them on the news, like you say, uh, door cameras. And yeah. Trail cams and people yeah, seeing them it in, is wild. in town. Like, you have cameras out everywhere now. You're seeing all kinds of stuff. Right. So we are definitely seeing a huge, uh, huge influx. Now, typically the bear's life cycle, they would be, the mother usually has the cubs in the winter. Okay. You know, January, February, oftentimes she's hibernating when they, she has it. So it's kind of handy not to be awake through all that, I guess. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? That's yeah. so interesting. That yeah. is interesting. Yes. They you know, don't need any sedatives or anything. So That's insane. Huh. And so baby's just there. They they milk and they pop milk. out and I guess I do like that. You go take a nap, you wake up, baby. Yeah. Yeah. What? That was, Son of a Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so and then um and then of course they're young young cubs and all that and they emerge in the in the spring and all that and they hang out with the mom and then they usually spend that next year in the den with the mom too. Okay. So I guess you'd say they're like kinda like their adolescents or something at sure. that point, comparing them to humans. And then the next year, however, mom wants them out of the house. They're gone. Yeah, so she literally pushes them out because she's got new ones coming in yeah. behind them. So she pushes them out. So they're young bears at this point. They're probably equivalent to late adolescent, 20-something yeah. humans. And the, the males are going out, <clears throat> and they're looking for new territory. And they're looking for food, and they're pushing outward because the, the big males that already exist in those yeah, territories don't move. want them in there. Right. So that's what we're seeing. We're seeing huh. these males expanding forward, and uh, that's mostly when we get these sightings. That tends to be what they are. Oh, that's really cool, man. So, but that, they're like the forefront of what's coming. So we've got about 800 bears now with our various studies that we've done, and uh, we estimate the population growing about 9% per year great so in 10 years at that rate they could double their numbers that's fantastic I have a you know. quick question kind of talk about the, the traveling you know down 44 what was the deal with the the bear that was coming from north and he made it as far as Wentzville and I heard that it's coming from north but I didn't know if that was something that happens as well if they come from well north we, as well Iowa or so not so that our main influx is not coming from there okay. but they move around a lot and we've had sightings in almost every county of the state including the northern ones so it's possible they could be moving not so much coming in from Iowa but one could have made it up that far and then right. it's coming then back it's down. down yeah, uh, yeah. His name Bruno. So, Bruno. Bruno. Oh, yeah. Okay, no, so you're thinking of Bruno. Yes, that one came from uh Wisconsin, I believe. Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah, and it came through Illinois, through Missouri, went down south, ended up in Louisiana. So that was an amazing Really? Yeah. Wisconsin to Louisiana. They had yeah. a this year they had to sedate him, right? Is that true? Well, it, it did have an unfortunate end. Uh, he was uh, found in Louisiana, and he's uh, he was a serious uh, injuries, broken bones, and, oh no, and spine, and all that. Probably got hit by a car, so they had to euthanize him, unfortunately. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, he did make it a huge, and that's mm. while well, they move around, like uh, they move around Missouri and stuff. But that's even pretty incredible. I, I don't think I think yeah. even bear biologists are surprised by it that. Sounds like he had made that trip. More than once. Yeah, hard, hard to say. Yeah. yeah, but he definitely was a was a mover. That's really sure. cool. That's cool. And yes, he did get the name Bruno, and he was followed on social media. Yeah, he was like and a famous bear. He became, I think yeah. there was too many people at one point, you know, trying to. Well, yeah. so interesting. Yes, yeah, so they eventually, and and the folks who started the Bruno website and all that, very conscientious folks, and so they definitely buffered this the sightings, mm -hmm. so they didn't tell exactly where he was when he was there, so oh, he didn't good. have that kind yeah. of. Uh, yeah, that's concerned. funny. There's a big like on, on um, it's just like Instagram. You know, get a lot of conservationists talk about these pretty areas or this type of fishing, this type of hunting. 
And then I guess about 18 months ago, they realized they were giving away all of their secrets. And now mm -hmm. you see all these people and it's location not disclosed, location not disclosed. Like, look at this fish. Like, where are you? And then they don't answer. Yeah. Location not disclosed. <laughs> yeah. they're like, all these people are showing up, you know? Yep. It's, yep. Like, oh my God, you guys are big trouble. That's right. But but that also does serve some, like if you had a rare species or something like that, it's better not to get too Absolutely. much details because that could cause some yeah. issues, you know, yeah. from some folks. So. Right. That's like we like I was saying, my conservation models, I want everyone to be really interested in the woods. I just don't want them to go there so that mm -hmm. I can go there. <laughs> That's the Josh Fink conservation model. Sure. What pay you? your what taxes. Model. Yeah. need to pay for my woods, but don't go there because yeah, I'm going to be there right. hiking today. That's right. <laughs> yeah. um, what I, I've been wanting it's a long time so the criteria for hunting season right mm -hmm. so we have our elk that we imported from hazard county kentucky mm -hmm. right and then uh, they got to a certain population and now we have a, a huntable population mm -hmm. well, do you know offhand like well how do they determine just size is it is it amount of reproduction or health of the herd you is it a bear is a bear herd a bear uh, a bear troop, a bear, I, yeah, a bear colony. Bear, we, I just populations. I think all I've heard. But, um, Sorry. So it's not a troop, Kim. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so anyway, these these are all determined by minds greater than mine in the biology yeah. community. Yeah. Oh, sure. But uh, basically, the the fundamental qualitative factors are: you want to make sure you've got a, a decent sized population. And you want to make sure there's good, solid reproduction happening, which yeah. is our criteria for the bears. And then, of course, you want to set your limits that are... And right now, we are do have our very first bear hunting season yeah. coming up this fall. And is it uh, rifle or bow? Is it... Either one. Yeah. You can use either. No atlatl on, this, on, on, these, on the bears. <laughs> He's knew it was coming. But, it's like the only thing you get asked, yeah. isn't it? Like, hey, what about that atlatl, bro? You're like, stop it. No, no atlatl. But we do allow atlatl for a lot of other hunting, but not... And then there's no case. no bait hunting. Yeah, so there's there's no bait and there's no lights Hold or anything on. like What's that. Wrong, What's an ad level? Oh my god. <laughs> it's okay. We want questions. Yeah, not everybody knows that. We should probably explain it. Good catch, Dr. Fink. Oh, I was so. completely ignoring the fact that Kim A lot of people don't know. No, there's a lot of people don't know. And yeah. so can you explain to us what an atlatl is? Sure. So an atlatl is uh I mean, I think of it as a spear, but it's technically called a dart and mm -hmm. it's uh, a a long spear-like thing that's thrown with a very short piece of wood. And so you, you just kind of fling it. I'm probably oversimplifying it, but you just kind of fling it with that piece of wood. And that piece of wood just gives that little extra push and power that you wouldn't have with your arm. That sounds So and have you ever seen a javelin being thrown? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. The approach is like that, mm -hmm. but you're just using your hand. So when they reach back and go like this, instead of with this, it's almost in the wrist and forearm, and you're throwing it at the What mark. do you hunt with that? Can I, animals. Yeah. Animals. That, that was, not bears. Not, not in Missouri. Not bears, yeah. Yeah. But oh. That was the... <laughs> alternative methods, maybe, or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Alternative, it's, it's called an alternative method. Huh. But the atlatl predates the bow and arrow. That's right. So that's what ancient hunters used. Before they started drying out sense. guts. Yeah. And using them for the... And they've sun. had... Uh, a little seminars where you can learn to oh yeah them, right? oh yeah bush even. yeah we've had them there and we have little activities you can at lateral throwing it's it's fun it's um, there's a here women's come, here comes there's, mfw kim there's yeah. a women's <laughs> we should go there's a women's what is that it's the, a tryout 
course? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah for whatever. trying out mm -hmm. skills. It's women's skills course. It's a butchered somewhere, right? Yeah, we have those periodically. Yeah, it's yeah. totally cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Has it too. Do, I thought yeah. they did. Yeah. I thought that's where it's yeah, yeah, but I just keep bragging about Quiver River so much. I gotta count down. We have to. We live there. It's like the best. And it's a great park. It is a great park. It really is. Um, so he's like, know. you guys say it one more time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, hunting is, is always a challenge, even with a gun, but the right. gun's a little less of a challenge than a bow and arrow, and yeah. then an atlatl is a more of a challenge than a bow and arrow. Right. So it's, that's progressively harder and harder, because you have to get much closer to your, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, to your, to your quarry, and you got to, you know, oh. your movement and all that. Proficiency. So. Yeah, it's, wow. it's got to be. I never even heard of that. But we do allow it for deer hunting um, and some other forms of hunting, just not bear hunting. Because I, I am my speculation, I can't confirm, but it's because you obviously have to get pretty close to your yeah. target, and right. they're afraid that there could be some, you know, with bears and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, when you're trying to kill them, they they're going to react to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, not yes. 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 yeah. yeah. favorably. Yes, not favorably. Right, like it's not very big, but it's big enough. Right, yeah, right, it's big enough. Yeah. Okay. What and so no dogs are bait though for this initial, Good. but we may reevaluate that as time goes by. But right now, our, we're very. This is a hunting. It's a toe in the water, and it's a very conservative hunting season because we don't have a huge population right. of bears. But we're we have enough to get a little bit of a of an opportunity for hunters there. Right. It's very conservative to start out and see how things go. What, what's, I the, what's the time frame? Uh, Ten days in October, so it starts on October eighteenth. Oh, okay. There's like a total of forty bears that can be taken. We we divide the southern half of the state into three bear hunting zone or bear management zones, excuse me. And each one is quota is dependent on the number of bears. The largest one is in the southwestern part of the state. That's of course. twenty bears yeah. is there. Western part of the state's five bears, and then there's there's fifteen here in the eastern portion. Oh, really? Yeah. So once that quota is reached, though, it's then over. they will cancel the season. Absolutely. So hunters are required to call in every day to see Absolutely. if that, the season is still open in that ten days. Yeah, man. So you know, we we want sustainable, and that's all our hunting, whether it's deer or turkey Absolutely. or whatever. It's all about. And that's going back to the North American conservation model. You want sustainable resources. That's right. And you want right. to manage them. That's just good stewardship. Yes. You know what I mean? So you, man it. you manage the land for good resources. And Absolutely. that benefits all kinds of life. And then including game species. And then, you know, you set your limits to where, you know, you don't want to have a continuous and sustainable population. Which was not the case in the 1800s. No, it's just yeah. first guy kills everything and then... You know, gets progressively small. It's incredible. Right. You ever read like the um, the journals from Lewis and Clark, and they're talking about all the stuff they saw, like the American passenger pigeon. Pigeons would take them more than a day for an entire flock to pass overhead, and it's it's mm -hmm. just incredible. Mm -hmm. Bison, my favorite snake, the masangwa. Well, it's still around. But it was a lot more in the boot heel, and then uh, it's just incredible. The mystery like to know uh, what the masangwa is. <laughs> she doesn't want to know. You're just tricking me. It's a snake. Lives down. It's a venom. It's a viper. Anyway, it's one of the coolest names, snakes that there is. So, yeah, so that's the, that's the beauty of the North American model is that it does, you know, it's all about sustainable it resources. It is. Like, nothing is done without an eye on the future. Right. And so I think all that's of, awesome. And all of our hunting seasons, all of our hunting limits, all of our, all that stuff is based on science. So, you know, that we can, hey, we can afford this opportunity for uh, Missourians to hunt and mm -hmm. enjoy that resource. Right. But we're also going to make sure that we have that resource. Right. For future. For future. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, that Share the Harvest initiative as well. 2,500, 2,600 pounds of yes. fresh, healthy, mm -hmm. lean deer meat. 
Yeah, and that goes to uh, food pantries food and pantries, man. feed the needy and and stuff. So it really is uh, right. it really is a great resource, and that's part of it too. You know, we also don't allow wanton waste. So and it was with the bear hunt, people who do uh, manage to harvest a bear are expected to utilize it. Every you know, the meat, yeah. the fur, the fat, all that kind of stuff, just like the Native Americans did. That's exactly right. Like and, bear was the food, yeah, and deer were the skins. You know, you look at guys like Danny Boone. You know. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. would hunt deer in the summer because that's mm-hmm. when the pelt is in the best condition. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like, what did you eat? If they could, they ate bear. And then yeah. bear grease is the most was one of the most ubiquitous, best tasting, cooking, heating mm-hmm. oils that you could find around then, around the time. That's yeah. cool. So yeah, so that's all part of it too. You know, utilizing the resource. And, that's awesome. And man. again, that wasn't necessarily always the philosophy. You know, in in the past. Yeah. And and so. And it's still sometimes some parts of the world it's not. That's oh yeah. Like I yeah. yeah I would argue with anybody. I think um well we've said it before. It's just an awesome conservation model. So we're out jogging. Mm-hmm. We're we're at Bush or we're down at Peck or we're you know Reynolds or somewhere. Boom. Black bear in the middle of the trail. Mm-hmm. Let's say twenty yards. We come around a bend, he or she is already there. Mm-hmm. What do we do? So what you want to do is make sure that bear knows you're there. Yeah. See, bears, um, they got great sense of smell. They can smell interesting stuff from a mile away. They don't have very good eyesight, though, so they're liable not really to make you out of what you are. Mm-hmm. And the one thing you do not, bear, like I said, they're not aggressive toward people except under two possible instances. One would be if you startle it yep. and it feels like it's trapped or startled or endangered, right. uh, or you appear to be a threat to a mother's cubs. Yeah, so they, that, that would be. That's a, always going to be the thing. Right. And then the other thing, which I'd like to talk about a little bit later, is sure. food and getting habituated to humans. Yeah, food. man. Yeah. I, thank you for bringing that up. I would be, I'd be pretty upset if we didn't cover that. But so, so you're hiking, jogging, whatever in the woods, hunting, whatever you're doing, and you come across a bear. So what you want to do is you want to make noise so the bear knows you're there. Especially when you're at a distance, so that way, you know, okay, something's coming. He knows, and then what you want to do is uh, make yourself look large as possible, so you can spread your arms. You have a jacket, put it out, or a hat, or mm-hmm. whatever. What you don't want to do is turn and run. You do not want to turn and run because that might trigger the bear's predatory instincts. Sure. So you don't want to turn and run. But I don't want to do that. But <laughs> you, <laughs> just, do not turn and run whatever you do. Right. Um, but what Or you tell sh- the next guy, yeah. like, hey, I'm going to run. You need to stand here yeah. and you look as big as you can. Yeah. Right? <laughs> He's still, but he might take off after you yeah. and ignore your right. buddy. Well, so. Go here. I'm looking big. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, don't run away and back away slowly and calmly. That's right. what you want to do. And make sure the bear's guy don't trap him, don't get him feeling right. cornered against anything. So that's mainly what you basically want to do. Now, as an alternative, you're in bear country where there is a lot more bears. You know, we are seeing bears here, but we're still not in the major population. Right. It's still mostly well south of I-44. But, you know, it might not hurt to have some bear spray. If you do carry the bear spray, you need to have it accessible, not buried in your pack mm. or, or in your car or whatever. It needs to be clipped to your side right. or your belt or something. Right. A, a pocket in your pack, you can reach pretty quickly. Right. So and that's, practice using it, like practice getting it out. You know, people. Yeah. We've fielded this question. Uh, people are like, "Well, what if I just have a gun?" I'm like, well, a couple things. <laughs> One, if you have a gun in a state park, someone's gonna come kick your ass, and it's not gonna be a bear. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you better not. And then number two, leveling, aiming, leveling, and squeezing off a shot at a charging boar. Good luck. Yeah. Just use the spray. 
you yeah. get a bigger area. You know what I mean? Yeah, it sprays you get, like a shotgun. Yeah, it sprays a, a fans out. You got yeah, a big area. So um, obviously, you want to do some common sense things like not spraying the wind and stuff like that too. Yeah. But you know, uh, but it's basically <laughs> what uh, is bear spray? Is it just pepper spray? It's like pumped a piped up? up pepper spray. I love it. Yeah. So. But pepper spray won't help with bears, right? That's what I've read. Uh, it might not be strong enough. Yeah. The bear spray is like that times ten. Okay. I'm, I'm making a number up. Somebody get us. Just switch out all your pepper spray. Right. Yeah. Bear bear spray. Just go yeah. with bear spray. That way, no matter what, <laughs> no matter what, you're gonna get. You're gonna get. Take care of both attacks. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no people, uh, just go with Kimbo. <laughs> <laughs> so when you spray your guy and you spray the bear. Yeah. Everybody gets sprayed. <laughs> yeah. Equal yeah. opportunity. You know, Smoky Mountains. They'll take spray with them. Uh, yeah. So I would. Uh, I definitely were hiking somewhere in the Smokies. In fact, I went a year or so ago and I got some bear spray yeah, so, for that. So yeah. It yeah. It doesn't. We don't have the same concentration they have there at this point, but it you know if you're down deep in the Ozarks, it might not be bad. Yeah, it's to just, have it. Yeah, it's, it weighs a couple ounces. Just you yeah. have to be able to use it. Yeah, and I think one difference too between that and like the stuff you carry in your purse, it's quantity. You know, mm-hmm. the stuff you carry in your purse is like a smaller spray. Yeah. You're just a human. Whereas bear sprays, bigger. yeah, bigger, more higher quantity. A larger canister. And a larger yeah. canister. Yeah. <laughs> I, want to, I want the two hander. I want the pump where you wear it on your backpack and you pump it as you yeah. spray. They're like, it's whoa! A fire, it's a fire extinguisher. Yeah. <laughs> Only bear spray instead. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like four hundred hours of spray. You waste it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably that would probably stop an elephant in this track. Right, yeah, right. Right. none of what we think is going to happen actually. Happens. Sure, but yeah. it'd be so great. It. It'd be so great. It's good to talk. About All right, it. so we covered bear spray. Okay. All right, um, bears crossing highways. Yeah, one of them gets hit. You're like, okay, that's an injured bear. Mm-hmm. Your heart goes out to it. Mm-hmm. Talk us through that. What's well, the safest, best thing? Well, first of all, I mean, most people aren't probably equipped to handle that situation. You're right. So you probably want to get out of that situation as quickly as possible to a safe spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we would urge folks to do is report it to us. It's call your local conservation agent, call a sheriff's department or something like that. Let them know exactly where you hit the bear, mm-hmm. where it is. Uh, then let those guys or gals take care of it. Um, and then, plus it's, it, it could be informative data. We ask folks to report bear sightings. So hey, you know, there's a bear there. So, um, and then they can take care of whatever they need to do with it, you know, from there. So any type of sighting, if it's in our backyard, if we see hiking, you'd yeah. like us to report that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's data. That's, yeah. that's, we know there's a bear sighting there and then we do keep track of those. So. And, and what's, what's the MDC's number? Actually, it would be best to go to our website, mdc.mo.gov. .mo.gov. Right, because we you can you can log bear sightings in there in oh. 24 hours a day. So cool. Wow. That would be our the most efficient thing, actually. Cool. But yeah, I would say definitely leave that to somebody who's probably better equipped to handle that situation. Cool. And then what? How big for people that have never seen one in real life? What's the size of a black bear that you're going to see in the woods? So, you know, I've seen as low as 86 pounds. I mean, the really? figures. No, I haven't seen the bear, but oh. figures, 86 pounds, anywhere up to eight or 900 pounds at a maximum. Now, average, you're probably going to be looking at <laughs> That's two. a thick boy. Yeah. That's a chunky boy. <laughs> That's big. That's not the bear you want to hang out with. No. <laughs> but those are the extremes. I'd yeah. say realistically two to 400 pounds okay. is what you probably would see. It yeah. maybe even less if it's a younger male or That's something. That's right, like which is what we'll kind of get, right. Yeah, so that's probably more realistic. So first instinct for people, oh, that's a dog. Some people might easily confuse it with a dog. Yeah, so um, uh, who knows? People may have seen bears and thought they were dogs. I'm sure it's happened. Or at a distance or whatever. So, you know. uh, We get the opposite, too. We get people seeing what they believe are mountain lions, and they end up being dogs. So, you know, it's 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 easy to... It's the tail. I just tell them, look for the tail. 
Yeah. The tail's as long as the body. Now you can talk. But other than that, just let it go. Yeah. If the tail's moving on its own accord. Yeah, maybe not a dog. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Super yeah. long tail. Yeah, it's yeah. mountain lions is a whole. It's a fist fight. You know, we can have this great talk about bears and all leave this room feeling good. But if we were talking about mountain lions, there'd be blood on the ground by now. And I don't know why that is, but it, it, not in here, but like in general, if you get a general group of people, the debate over mountain lions, and some people so vehemently think that they're not here, and other people just as strongly believe that they are, and it's yeah. just wild. No one has a neutral opinion about it. Yeah, well, I think the thing with bears is the cute, cuddly, smoky yep. bear, That's teddy exactly bear what it thing. Is. People relate to that. If you've ever seen a bear cub, I yeah. mean, they're just like... You People are rooting for bears, it, you know. Yeah, bears don't... Hiss at you, bear your fangs, and you know, take it. But track you, maybe that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Foul you a little bit. Yeah, maybe silently stare you from a tree. You know, yeah. <laughs> okay. But this, so they take they're taking your trash. That's really helpful. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that. Yeah. So the anthropomorphization of bears. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. assign these characteristics to them, mm -hmm. and then hey, let's help out this bear in the backyard by feeding it. And then mm -hmm. what have we done? Yeah, well, actually, you're creating a problem. Absolutely. Not, not alleviating one. And I know it, it's very, uh, yeah, you say you want to, like you say, oh, you want to help them out, feed them, mm -hmm. and all that. But you got to remember, bears been around longer than we've been around right. here. And they've been able to find food and survive without us. So they can continue to do that. Um, and what you're doing by giving them food is it may seem like a nice act, but you're killing them with kindness. Literally. You are. Um, because what happens then when the, uh, like I said, there's very, most of the time bears will not be a threat to humans. There's only a couple times when they might be, that's when they're cornered or protecting their cubs. And if you start feeding them and they start getting habituated to human food, because then they will start to lose their fear of people. They will start associating people with food. And if they don't keep getting that food, they start getting pretty contrary. Yeah. And they will start oh, tearing... Contrary. It's one of our yes. favorite words. Yes. Yeah. It's one of our favorite words. Yes. And they will start digging and stuff, or they can become aggressive looking yeah. for food. And, yeah. and, and a lot of times when bear attacks have occurred other places, uh, it's a lot of times has to do with food, yeah. giving them food. So that's something we don't want to see. We don't want people to do that because the bears will get habituated to that. And there is a saying, not a pleasant one, but often true, Fed bear is a dead bear. That's exactly right. Which means when they start getting habituated to humans, get used to getting meals from humans, handouts and all that, they become annoyances and they start to become dangerous. Mm -hmm. And then usually the only solution at that point is euthanizing the bear. Mm -hmm. So you're not, that's how you get these you know random attacks. Like, oh, that bear attacked that seven-year-old. Like, um... Okay. Yeah. It, right, it but not, like maybe then somebody else down the road gave the bear four Snickers bars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that is something we don't want to do. And we certainly don't want to do it actively feed them, but we can also feed them without realizing it mm -hmm. by leaving our garbage out that's unattended, grills that are not cleaned up that have a lot of grease and fat or meat drippings. Absolutely. Pet food, that's another big thing. So. If there are bears sighted in the area, which are, have been here in the St. Charles area. You oh, know, yeah, I'm sure they're, if they're down in town and country living like kings. Yeah. You know? So, you um, you know, you need to be aware of those things. So, if you have dogs that you cast your feet outside, make sure if you do have to feed them outside, you feed them. But once they're done eating, take that food in. Don't just leave it. Right. Uh, keep your trash sealed up in airtight containers or keep them in a garage or a, a barn or whatever it is to keep in an enclosure mm -hmm. so bears can't get to it and then just stick it out the, the morning of the trash pickup right um and you know uh, clean your grills or keep them stowed away in the shed or yeah, the just basement. put your stuff away mm -hmm. like, it's okay yeah just put your stuff away 
Yeah, and it, and you may even need to pull your bird feeders in because they'll they'll come for the bird seed. And usually in the summertime, our birds really that's for our benefit as much for theirs because they got plenty of food sources. Right. You know? So right. You pull your bird feeders in if you have to, so they're not attracting bears. But so stuff like that. Don't put anything that's attractive to bears. Right. So there's not some secret formula. Right. For drawing or not drawing bears is if you leave, it's an opportunity issue. Well, like our, our bear biologist says, you, when this particular instance, you got to think of bear as a giant raccoon. That whatever it's going to draw a raccoon in, it's going to draw a bear in. We've been run out by raccoons, so I don't imagine what a bear <laughs> yeah. would do to them. Yeah, <laughs> so some surly raccoons. Yeah, there's some pretty, yeah, you're right. They can get pretty nasty too. So, you know, that's what you want. And then, but you'll kill two birds with one stone. And not only will you deter the bears, you'll deter the raccoons or coyotes or anything else that might be coming along too that for the same cool. kinds of sorts, food sources. So, cool. you know, and then the same goes with your camp. If you're camping out, camping somewhere, especially where there's, you go down South Missouri, a lot of us like to do that. Yeah. You know, be aware the of that. The Hoosaw Valley, man. It's like Bass River. I mean, I'm sure those people make enough noise. There's probably not a bear within 10 miles of there. They're like, we're getting the hell out of here. You know. But if you go farther south, Current River area, Current, you know, yeah. uh, Jack's Fork, Eleven Fork, Eleven mm -hmm. Point, all those places. So, um, yeah, you want to do the same thing at your campsite. Think of it like your house. You don't want to leave your food out, your coolers out. You want to make sure you where you do eat your food and prepare your food is separate from where you're sleeping. Don't carry your food in your tent. Put your food in your bear tight. Uh, bear-proof containers or airtight containers and better yet put them in your vehicle lock it up roll up the windows so yeah awesome. you want to keep that away and and, and that then not just not for food but that goes for toiletries perfumes deodorants because any of that stuff yeah, can smell you should be wearing deodorant anyway <laughs> well, yeah. what are we doing are we camping or not yeah some well. people might need it Okay. Um, for your coolers when you're camping, you should put those in your vehicle too. Yeah, because they can totally open up a cooler. Yeah. That does not. That is not airtight. No. I mean, it, it's it, <laughs> you know, yeah. Or if they're curious, yeah, they can open coolers. They can open up trash cans. They got hands, more or less, that, sort that of. Kind of leads into yes. Yeah. We have a very special question <laughs> yeah. for you to round out the sure, podcast. Sure. You mentioned uh, locking your vehicle. Marissa's question is: Do bears have the capability of getting into a car, starting it? And driving it. <laughs> even, if, even if that's by accident. Well, hmm. I have to think about that one. You know the old meatloaf song, Two Out of Three Ain't Bad? Two Out of Three Ain't Bad. Yeah. Well, I'd say one out of three is about what we got here. Yeah. They, yeah. they could conceivably get in the car. Maybe yeah. if it was a push button and they rubbed up against it and the well, keys were in it. Okay, you're right. You're right. I mean, right. we're being hypoth I mean, let's Yeah, just... you're right. They might they might hit that push button. That's Maybe possible. somebody, like, the food had dropped down and there's food by the gas pedal. Yeah, it's and he's pushing the and he has brake. to shift it. And he accidentally it probably won't happen. Well, it goes. It's kind of like the you know a thousand monkeys on typewriters. Yeah, and one of them, or a million of them. One of them's going to type. That's right. Know, the Bible, or Hamlet, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I, I guess like that. Yeah. And that's that's, that's where possible. Yeah, sure, yeah. anything's possible. But but that's the, not going to happen. And I've had this experience, not myself, but somebody I knew when we were in Colorado. The first one is definitely possible. Yeah. Absolutely. Putting the door and getting into your vehicle. Absolutely. So if there's a, a motivation in there, they think there's something in there. You know, a lot of things, you know, they can fumble around with it and get something open, you know, and uh, possibly get in it. So uh, they can open up trash cans. They can open you know, doors, like house, homes and stuff, you know, and so, yeah, it's totally possible. Yeah. Yeah. One of the families we were with uh, in Colorado, yeah, they, they got up in the morning. They were secretly bare. The car door was open, and you could see prints. Like, wow. Through the mud, there was, like, 
mud prints inside their car. Yeah, they're very curious and they're very motivated when it comes to food. They yeah. can, uh, their their sense of smell is way stronger than a dog's, and literally that's uh, crazy to think about. Yeah, that's real incredible. So that's what you got. Also, think of scents. Anything that's going to be attractive scent mm -hmm. to a bear. That's Are they what's going to draw. in the fall? Should we worry about it a little more? Maybe they're more active, getting ready to head into hibernation, more hungry. Yeah. So the two times when they are the most hungry is coming out of hibernation in the spring, April, May, June. There's when they're really on the move, getting because they've lost a lot of weight in yeah. hibernation, oh, yeah. and they got to build that back up, and then building up weight going into hibernation in like September, October. What's the you know? what's the percentage that they try to put on? Oh man, you know it's got to be so much. No, I don't, but it's an awful lot. Yeah. Like, they've got to put on. They've got to have like ten thousand calories a day. Babies. While they're hibernating, you blew Kim's yeah, mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's their What's their primary food source? If they could have anything, what would it be? Berries. Their omni. Uh, they will eat just about anything. So uh, they will eat berries. Um, they'll eat honey. You know, they'll eat. Uh, you had to say it. Yeah, yeah we, I they'll do that. I understand. But uh, you know, any kind of nuts, acorns. You know, any kind of nuts. That, that's mm. a big food source for them. High energy, especially mass crops. Mass crops, especially in the fall when they're fattening up for uh, winter. Um, but they'll eat insects. They'll eat. Uh, we'll eat cicadas. Matter. Yeah. Kicking the cicadas' asses. Yeah. Yep, they'll Those eat guys. cicadas. They'll eat carrion. They will actually kill things, small things, you know, or weak things, and and you know, so they can be predatory like that. They can. Huh? As, as far as cool. fish go, they'll yeah, buy bear as much. I don't think they're like, they go for them as much, but I don't think it would be impossible. No. You know, uh, for them to reach down and get a fish. I don't think that's their main thing. But you know, fish washes up, right? You know, we don't really have runs here like they right. do. You know, right. or you get a fish kill, you know, and they oh, all yeah. wash up before they start going bad. I'm sure that. But it's because they do eat carrion, too. That's yeah. another thing they'll eat. So they they have a wide range of stuff they'll eat. They'll eat just about anything. Plant matter, meat, you know, uh, carrion, candy. You know, they'll eat just about anything. Sugar, awesome. high sugar stuff. So. And then um, would you say that, like, every time we see a bear, we should report it, go on the website? It would be good if you yeah. could, yeah. You know. I mean, citizen science. You yeah, know, just... it's just that little bit extra information we know. Okay, bear. You know, and we do get some things on them. Like I said, we've had sightings of the northernmost counties of Missouri, you know. So right. it's they are, they're definitely moving around. Uh, but by far, the ma vast majority of them are below the I-70 line, and even bigger majority of them are the I-44. Yeah, and that's where all of our bear management zone for hunting is all below uh, I Highway I 70 in the Mississippi. Mississippi or the Missouri River. Awesome, man. Kimberly, anything? No. Dr. Brad. Good information. No, that was great. Yeah. yeah. Dr. Matt. I just can't. I just can't wait for more. I know. <laughs> I know. It just I pumps just me up to get out in the woods. Yeah, it's neat. I think most people are supportive of the bears coming back. Absolutely. And, and positive about it. Absolutely. And uh, that's the general feeling we got. You know yeah. that. Uh, yeah, they're out real... there. They're out there doing their thing, just like they were. A lot. We haven't screwed it up, or we're at least trying to make it right. You know, like yeah. Having that back. You know, in the countries where where there's a you know a societal collapse. You know, one of the very first things you lose is your wild animals. Yeah. The wildlife plummets. Zoos, of course, but even then. Specialized creatures, animals that were already extirpated, but it all goes away again. Yeah, you know, it, it, in my opinion, it's the mark of um, how far we've come. Even if you don't like hunting, which is fine, or even if you don't like this or that, the fact that you're involved in conserving, you know, and being a good steward of the area that you live in—that's that's what makes this whole conversation so great. Well, I think I there's think, there's one you know idea that you know a society is judged by how it treats its poor. 
And I think uh, that might extend to how it treats its wildlife and That's how it fantastic. treats its natural resources. We're stealing that. So That's wonderful. Excellent. Well, thank you, um, Dan Zarlenga, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And um, you can find him um, running the media for the uh, Missouri Department of Conservation. Uh, thank you very much for your time, man. I, I, um, I really appreciate it. We were looking forward to talking to you for a long time. Great. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to talk and, and connect with your listeners. So thank you. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. All right. So for Kimberly, for Dr. Maurer, for Dr. Matt Fink, I'm Dr. Josh Fink. We will talk to you in two weeks. Thank you. Bye. And a big thank you goes out to Hug Monster Sound for somehow allowing the doctor's voices to sound even better than they already do.